One of the most polarizing things you can call someone with a disability is inspirational. People either love it or hate it. My name is Nate, and I'm a wheelchair user, and I call my show We're the Inspiration, featuring real stories about people with disabilities and some of the people closest to them. These stories are not designed to inspire, just to entertain. One of the things I like to do on this show is to provide updates on certain things that have happened or been brought up before. For example, last week I had Alex Gonzalez on talking about the superhero he created. Some months ago, I had someone on who was more or less talking about ways in which he was dissatisfied with his own personal life at the time. And as I understand it, some of those things have changed in a good way. So Chris Young, thank you for being the inspiration for another episode. Not a problem, buddy. How you doing? Well, we're going to find out because yeah, exactly. I hope I don't have to yell at you again for, you know, not making sense. But right, this is going to be all about you, kind of. So, yeah. Got to be on my P's and Q's, as they say. Well, I thought instead of just telling certain people that there were updates in your life because they were actually trying to help you because they were friends of mine and they heard your story. Right. I thought we would just do another episode and explain how your life has changed. Okay. Yeah. And you can go into as much or as little detail as you want about this, but one of the ways in which your life has changed, as I understand it, is you now have a girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. You didn't meet her in such a way that you needed help to do so. No, it was actually Facebook dating. I said, well... Facebook is my cup of tea anyway, so let me just fish this hole for a little bit longer. And I uh, happened upon, as they say in the old English, somebody that was in Baltimore or thereabouts, and she actually is turning 30 today. For reference, that's August 29th, for those of you that are just seeing this. Um, yeah, it's weird that we're doing this on her birthday, but I guess you already saw her today, right? Or Saw is a loose term. Because she... you haven't met in person yet. Yeah, we're, I'm actually, I just learned last night that I'm going uh, to Baltimore next Monday to make the first official meeting, but things are very much embroiled in the procedures at this point. We have all but seen each other, basically. We have talked, we have texted, we have video chatted. I requested a song today on the radio, you know, wished her a happy birthday. It's been a mile a minute ever since we... Besides the formalities of getting to know each other, there's obviously that. But it's since we agreed to be such, there hasn't been much of a moment of relapse. Well, let's be fair. It's a very new thing. Yes. But it sounds like you've already at least done everything to prove to each other that you're not catfishes. Yes. Yeah. And actually, that was a term of which she used. And it was so refreshing because the rules that I'm aware of existed that so many other people were letting go by the wayside to no fault of their own. They just didn't have the capacity to uphold those procedures. She was making sure that she was being diligent in following, such as, I need to know what you sound like. I need to know what you look like. I need to know that you can talk to me with some sense. Things that actual woman would common sense-wise want to know. See, this is where we can go back and look at some of the things you said before and sort of agree, because it made sense to me in the fact, even then, even when you were dissatisfied 
with certain things. You were trying to find someone of substance. Yes. I completely agree. I think everybody should find someone that, for lack of a better phrase or whatever, is more than a pretty face, male or female. Right. Stimulation. Right. People get stimulated in different ways, right? But, you know, I mentioned Catfish. I don't know if you ever saw the show or whatever, but a lot of the people that appear on that, they go for years without acquiring the knowledge of the other person they're talking to right. that you immediately did. Oh, yes. So this Forth- was the right strategy for you. Forthcomingness, truthfulness, and genuineness, if that's a word, are my paramount characteristics. I would be completely remiss if I didn't present those first. I don't know if we talked about this or not in the previous episodes where we were sort of discussing dating, not each other, but, you know, (laughs) just talking about it. Right. I don't know if we discussed dating someone with a disability or without, but this person has a disability as well. Yes, but what I was looking for, and I didn't even realize it, was the entirety of my ordeal was saying, can you uphold those same consequences of reality that I have learned to uphold? And can we barter with each other on that playing field? You know, I didn't want to go up to somebody, truth be told, it, you know, when it was end all to be all, that said, I like you because you spent five minutes and talked to me. I needed somebody that said, I need you because I can tell you my secrets. I can tell you my fears. I can tell you my insecurities and you're not going to bat an eye or turn a cheek or lift your nose or what have you. So you were looking for someone that would understand certain things right away. Right. As opposed to looking for someone that you could teach certain things. Right. I garnered a lot more pleasure out of the sheer eventuality that they knew these fundamentals about me before I even had to say a word. If you look back on, and I think this started back in February on Valentine's Day is when we put it out. Yeah. If you look back on that episode, and I haven't listened to it a second time or a third time after I edited it, but it was obvious to a lot of people that at the time you kind of had a bleak outlook on things like dating. So now that you've found someone, and I know it's a new situation, has that outlook changed? Well, I mean, I don't think it changed in the fact of the can do, will do, must do, but it changed in the can find, must find, will find, because I had this reality and it was imposed upon me by way of the nature of the beast that everybody wanted perfection and if they can't do for me that I won't do for them. And what's a heart more than just an organ? You know, none of that stuff existed. So I was giving it right back. But the minute that it got deeper than that, I completely disregarded all of the aesthetics and said, okay, they're not seeing me as a person. They're seeing me as a soul with a functioning consciousness and emotions. So I find it only fair to return the same sentiment. It's easy to say you put out what you receive. 
right. or you give what you get, right? But I think the difference in outlook there, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that, and I'm only saying this in terms of the notion of a romantic life or whatever, but it seems like you would put out negative vibes first before. I mean, like I said, I think that was my tarnished, reduced value of humanity, which was all I'm seeing the minute I look into their eyes more often than not was disinterest, discrimination, disillusion, whatever you want to call it. And then when it was like, hey, I see you, I want you, but I just didn't have that fulfillment to go by consideration of face value, so I just never gave it back. But now I can't. You know, actually, you got a good point in there. Deep, deep in there somewhere. <laughs> again. Again, all your good points Maybe are down, buried man. deep. But, <laughs> but I think it is a good point to stress that it can be hard to find things like love or even someone to potentially love if you feel like a lot of people are going to discriminate against you yeah i don't mean that in a way to say that we're the only ones being people you know with disabilities there's racial discrimination there's gender discrimination all that stuff right so it's hard for everyone or it can be i think for you the way to get past that is again to find someone that obviously you have things in common with other than the disability but did that sort of start it like there was a common ground for things you both understood just about general right. life yes i think the reflections with heather are very apparent she is very structured on mental input medical input societal input you know, all of these things are very sanctioned in reality, and they don't have fallacious, belligerent thoughts like, you know, sometimes I did. Like, sometimes the world got me thinking these errant thoughts that 1% of the time actually existed, but were me just spouting, you know, whatever. And I think I admire the cool-headedness the most because that kind of grounds me to say okay it may look like we're still very self-centered or very devaluating or cautious in this society but i know someone who isn't i know someone who approaches me for who i am continues daily to enjoy that about me and wants to further this you know scenario now i think we're getting back to the point where we differ a little bit because for better or worse because this can be fair in some ways it sounds like you're comparing everyone else to your now girlfriend and by the way i wasn't going to use her name but you did well, so <laughs> well I so mean, we'll just call her heather now it's fine i figured by the time this was out everybody knows so whatever yeah that's fair i don't know do you think it's unfair to especially now that you're in a relationship to still compare other people to her. I saw something that said, you know, 
when you're talking with your woman, you should never say, oh, I don't like this woman because of this, because that's going to reflect in their mind, well, what if I become the person that becomes that person that they didn't like by way of, you know, mistake or otherwise? So I don't try to say, I hated this person because they whatever, or I, I had a adamant disinterest in this person because of this, that, and the other, because I don't want them to come back and do it to me. I don't want it to reflect poorly on me when I tell her. And they didn't know any better truth be known anyway, because the reflection that they put upon me was just something that they reflected from society that they learned to no fault of their own. And I'm not putting a net over everybody. Some people don't act like this. But, you know, the tendency is now to say, oh, look at that disadvantaged, indignant miscreant. And my aide says, nope, nobody owes you anything, you know. And I'm aware of that. Nobody needs to act becoming towards me. But there's a certain guidepost of human decency that needs to correlate that her and I have more than a good chunk of my history, if not all of my history. I think more of what I was getting at was now that you're in a relationship and you know it's real, right? why are you still focusing any of your energy on the ways in which it didn't work? It's healthy to reflect on what you've got wrong so that you know what this one is doing right. I'm probably invested this one as deep as I can be, but it's never a bad thing to have a will for people to treat you better. It's just I'm more more centered on her affection, but I'm not ignoring the fact that I still hope for a betterment of our culture to be better themselves. Heather, he's really using some big words. I don't like it when he does that. I don't know about you. (laughs) There wasn't anything that said that when they were doing this, they couldn't get a dictionary. We didn't make that a rule. They got to pause the show to look up words. Well, I would too. If it takes them two hours, it takes them two hours. In fact, I feel like getting the dictionary right now. What did you need improved on? I understood the words, man, but, and I'm not saying anybody in the audience is dumb. And again, I think I've said this to you before. You should know that, especially when you have a more clear outlook on some of the things you want, or even some of the things that you have, you should speak in a way that is clearer to people. Well, did you see the other podcast that I did? The I haven't seen that yet. We we were going to talk about that, but let's talk about it now. I didn't see it yet only because I forgot what you said the name of it was. I'm not sure if she wants to be plugged in on this. So I'm not going to do a shameless plug without her permission. If you don't want that plugged in, I don't know what else we can say about it. You know well, what I, mean? I was going to make the reference that in that other one, how the whole thing started... She was on there. She was looking for a guest. I said I wanted to be a guest. The first thing she says to me is, I was hacked, but you've still been talking to me. And that started a whole conversation about how unique of a conversation starter that was. 
because we are so apt to be hacked by the way the world is right now that we need to up the way that we interact with the world to even show that we have the same part. And then it led into a conversation of, I wish these guys would just let me go. And I was like, yeah, that's life for us too. We wish the people that were hacking us and turning this into such a finagling would just cease and desist, leave us be. And then the final thought on it was, it takes a supercomputer to get out, get around these guys. And I was like, that's another good point. It takes a supercomputer to get past the naysayers. Sometimes you work so hard and you still end up breaking the supercomputer, the human mind. And then the last thing she said was, I need to either move on or just, you know, shut down. And I said, metaphorically, if you shut down, they will always know that they bettered you. So you need to persist and show them that you weren't the one to, to be messed with. It sounds like you were putting that in terms of society as a whole and not so much speaking as a person with a disability. I've said it to you. I said it to her when I was on hers. If either one of your two uh, eventualities decline in any way, shape, or form, and I'm responsible, I will take responsibility. But clearly, either they're not seeing these, which is impossible because you're in charge of the numbers, or, uh, <laughs> or they're just not, you know, taking the initiative and changing what I'm saying over and over and over. And the only thing that I have to show for it, which I am thankful, grateful, and blessed to have, is Heather. I can certainly respect the very last part of what you said, but let's go back a little bit because I want you to understand just generally speaking, this is the problem with you using so many big words because if you make my numbers decline, it's going to be because nobody knows what you're talking about and they turn it off. Well, my only caveat to that is then I don't, you know, induce enough intelligence into the, into the conversation and then they hack me again because they don't think i'm smart enough well i can't speak for the other podcasts that you were on but you know that's not going to happen here i went into a little bit of that idea that we had about social media and disability and how we never got into one i told her that the issue was that we couldn't frame it enough to be about disability because that's not important to everyone and it has a right not to be as important as race or sex or whatever, but we have turned social media into such a mishmash of nothingness by way of the human mind that now reality is faux and indecency is fairness. See, I disagree with part of what you said there, because I think no matter what minority group someone belongs to, you take that minority group as a whole, and there are some people that believe that they are or we are as people with disabilities. So let's just use that. We are to them what they perceive that we are and nothing more. 
Right. And there are freedom fighters out there that belong on the abled side of the field that say, you know, hang on, give them a break, give them a chance, let's let them talk. But my favorite example to go back on is the fact that I'm still trying to figure out job logistics because why is it that if I'm so far off the road, the bus won't pick me up? And because the bus won't pick me up on certain days, I can work or whatever. That's a problem, you know. One of the first things I asked you is whether your outlook had changed in life. And I can see through this conversation, not really. I really haven't discussed this with Heather, but we're both aware that outwardly, if it was just us two in a bubble, we would be fine. You know, I'm not saying that I don't have good able-bodied friends and she doesn't have good able-bodied friends. The funny thing is I make valid points to my aid, but they're only valid on the reality that I have a say in what the world does, which has very little pertinence whatsoever to what the world is actually going to do. From the outside looking in and just knowing the circumstances, or some of them, it's hard to not look at, and again, I keep going back to sort of lumping all minorities together, but it's funny how, for an example, if someone's in an interracial relationship, they know and sometimes expect to sort of get unwanted attention from certain people for reasons I won't go into, but if you understand that kind of dynamic, right, they can be obvious. It seems like in the disability community, if you have two people that are in a relationship, or even if they're not, if you have two people, let's say, in wheelchairs together, they're going to get that same sort of unwanted attention from people. Right. I'm not saying that I don't think it's going to be a bit irregular when we go out there, but we By sheer virtue of our attention to the details of each other, the personality acumen that we have at face value, and the precision of how we did this, we should be fine regardless of what anybody thinks. Oh, I'm sure you will be. But just to add to my point, I feel like, and again, I've sort of been lumping minorities together i feel like those in the disability community are the only ones that get that unwanted attention no matter what because you can have two people in a relationship that are both in wheelchairs let's say and you could have one in a wheelchair and one that's not and they would get that same kind of attention either way right because the connotation that i learned that they make just out of the blue one day I was doing some introspective thinking and I said two religions are a mindset two genders are a mindset two races are a mindset somebody in a wheelchair versus somebody not means the automatic correlation is that somebody's either having to do all the work or that they had to reduce their selfhood to become 
what that other person wanted. And then if it's two people in a wheelchair, it becomes, oh gosh, who takes care of them? Poor babies, they can't do anything right, da 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 da. And I haven't even mentioned that I'm uh, four years cancer free today. Well, I forgot about that because we've been so talking about a difference in your life, but the thing that we want to keep static kind of is that you remain cancer free. Well, right. I mean, I guess the new thing about the 10% off has a whole new meaning now because I may be 10% off with my leg, but now I have somebody who I'm 110% to. So I don't care if I'm 80% off now, as long as they're in my life, I'm good. There's one of those you complete me kind of jokes that I can make right now. But well, what are your thoughts about being four years cancer free? Do you have any specific ones or is it just? Uh, I am very happy that I am one year away from the end of the window, the proverbial window. They said that five years I should be outside of the range of concern and they transfer me to a survivor clinic. So I'm very happy about that. It never really bothered me. It's not something I would ever do again, but the reflection of being able to say it, every benchmark does give me a boost of inspiration, if you will, I guess. That's the wrong word to use on this podcast, but we'll go with it anyway. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) It was like danger work. Gives me a boost of perseverance. There it is. I know that we've gone over the fact a little bit that your father also had cancer, but yeah, and unfortunately he didn't make it. But does that give you sort of a sense of accomplishment from having it and beating it as well? Or it's apples and oranges because his was different than mine, so I can't use the same pertinence of success, right? About mine as there was with his, and yes, I do still miss him and want him back and hate the fact that he had to go through that. But I think his persistence to want to fight until I won mine showed his selflessness to the extent of me being so important that if there was any way that he could see my light at the end of the tunnel, regardless of what his was, that's the thing I think I most admire. Look at Chris Young getting all self-reflective here. That's probably what people have been waiting for for a while now. Right. Oh, he's got some meat on his bones. Okay. I mean, at least the people that know both of us want you to do more things like that. I do want to thank you for being the inspiration for yet another episode. And this, I think, was episode five for us. (laughs) We're going to be Star Wars here soon. If only my podcasts were that epic, dude, but... Right. Well, you never know. There could be a secret society of, like, the fraternal order of Chris Young. You better hope that's not true. Uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks to everybody else for listening. <laughs> Links to our Twitter, Facebook, Discord, YouTube, and TikTok are going to be in the description. Until next time, this is Nate Lurie saying... You don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.